Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void or prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour. We're treating this week as a little shorter show, but a bi-week check-in on our 5-1 Minnesota Vikings. So go grab your Lake Monster beer and tune in for a fun show. Welcome to Vikings Happy Hour, where we mix our favorite beverage and talk of your Minnesota Vikings. Skull! Hello and welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour. I am your host, Matt Anderson, joined alongside me this evening, Ryan Ortega, Miles Gorham, and producer Dave. Um, I'm trying to get my mind in the in the right, you know, sport right now as the Wolves season opener is on the screen behind me. But uh, we have a lot to talk about that's fun for the Vikings, too. So they're fresh off a win in Miami, uh, five and one. I don't think anybody in their right mind would have predicted this going into the season, maybe four and two, you know, three and three, you name it, but five and one, I don't know. I'd have been hard pressed to find a person that, that says that, uh, what are your thoughts guys on, on last week's game? A little disappointing. I mean, you know, I, I, it's a win. So like, it's, yes, great. We won. And You're it's disappointed? like, all, I can't, I'm never disappointed for a win, but it's, it's a disappointing <laughs> how we got the win. I think like, you know, you're going against a third-string quarterback at the start of the game, and then you get Teddy back in there, who had limited reps all throughout the week. Um, and and you don't again, just same thing I said about last week when we played uh, Chicago, and the week before that when we played uh, I don't know if it's the week before that, but when we played you know the the Lions, and you know we're not putting teams away, especially these lower level like the the Bears, we should have put away. You should beat the Dolphins handedly if they don't have Tua playing, right? Now, granted, I shouldn't, you know, the rest of their team's solid, right? You have Tyreek Hill, he's going to make plays. You have Jalen Waddell, he's going to make plays, um, yeah. no matter who the quarterback is. And, and they have a pretty decent defense. But you just hope that, you know, we get out to a lead, we get a big lead, we, we hold the big lead, and it just isn't happening in these games. But, uh, again, a win's a win. And these are games that we traditionally have lost in the past, and, so it's ha- I'm happy to see us uh, continuing to pull out these close nail biters. Coming off of last season, though, where it was so hard to fetch a win, for me, it's it, it, it's hard to call these wins disappointing because maybe they're not doing it as as like convincingly as you would hope, and I can understand that aspect of it. Uh, but they're still winning against teams they should win against, right? Like. I think it'd yeah. be more concerning and more disappointing if we were losing these games. Um, so, Miles, any any thought there? Are, are you disappointed? Yeah, I mean, I don't think dis- I'm. I'm not like disappointed. I think my issue is just there's there are concerns, like things to be concerned about moving forward from what we've seen heading into the bye. Again, being five and one helps cover up those issues because you're five and one. You've been able to find ways to deal with the shortcomings and deal with the, the things that haven't gone well. Um, and you've mm-hmm. overcome them. My concern is it's more like I said, was it last week? I'm not as concerned about the defense just because I didn't have expectations for the defense. Um, yeah. I I'm more concerned about the offense and just like the lack of consistency within the offense and just not being able to see them like truly unlock. We Since like basically week one, we haven't really seen this offense go off. Like, yeah, they've done, they've done some good things like here and there. But the consistency mm-hmm. just hasn't been there. So that's like that's only that's my only like I guess true concern. And I think with a guy like Kevin O'Connell and then still having the weapons and the, like the quarterback that we have, we should still be okay moving forward. And you hope that they can fix some of those issues. I just I think there's some disconnect between this is just me speculating, 
disconnect between yeah. Kirk and what Kirk's skill set is and what o- Kevin O'Connell is trying to run. And that's why I think we've seen a lot more of Kirk playing from under center and more of Kirk running more play action in the last couple of weeks, just because that we know that's what Kirk's skill set is. That's what Kirk's really good at. And I think they're trying to get him. Um, I think O'Connell's trying to get him going in those, in those facets of the game, because he knows that that's where he's good at. And so um, uh, we, we've, we've talked offline on, in chats and stuff about um, Adam Thielen and, and KJ Osborne. And like the one thing that this team is now missing, like we, we like we have Justin Jefferson, right? The this team and Adam Thielen is is still good, but Adam Thielen obviously doesn't have the vertical ability that he had previously in his career. And KJ Osborne, that's not his skill set, and that's also not how he's being utilized. This team is missing their Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen duo, right? Like, yeah, we and the Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson duo, uh, you know, of twenty twenty and part of twenty twenty one, and so this team doesn't have that number two receiver that's really explosive. That's that's gonna scare teams vertically or even just scare teams as a whole like a you know jamar chase and t higgins is a good example of like two guys that can pair well with each other and help take away or help uh keep defenses honest and again it's not nothing against Thielen and kj i think those guys are still really good we just don't have that true number like high level number two anymore that we had for so long in adam Thielen. um so yeah um i just or, th- I or think like that's a one a one b yeah like we right, were used right, to exactly. one A, one B, and now it's truly a one, two, three, or a one, two, A, two, B, right? Like, right. Um, yeah, exactly. And a lot of, and a lot of these teams are having that, that one, A, one B, which would be nice to have. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to backtrack here real quick on, on my comments earlier. Yeah. To, to my oh, point, disappointing is, probably, disappointing is probably not the right terminology I should use because I, I did forget that we did close that game out. Like. We had the lead, they came back, and then, you know, we had a drive to milk it or, or to, to put the game away, and Dalvin Cook did go on for that long touchdown. So um, so we did put that game away. So I guess I was a little encouraged to see that. But, again, I would have liked to see a little larger lead or a little larger uh, win differential uh, versus yeah. just a one-score one game. So, um, so. I, I think I think we're both or we're all in agreement on, on kind of how we feel about, about – Sunday's game, but before we get to the the bye week check in and we, we we talk about you know grading kind of this the Vikings units we'll, we'll go through offense special teams defense uh, and, and kind of give them a grade and, and and then see where they could probably improve. I do want to call out something uh, separately from the Vikings. Uh, if you're here tonight in the chat, please uh, provide us some comments and 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 feedback on how you think the Vikings are doing through six weeks and. We'll try our best to incorporate incorporate those in our show. Additionally, a fun announcement here at Climb in the Pocket, uh, and a new sponsor has been added to our shows. If you look up, I don't know if I'll point in the right direction. Of course, I won't. Uh, if you look up in the right-hand corner, it would be the left-hand corner. <laughs> Dave always gets the uh, best picks of us. I know. Post them on, I, on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> I do that on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> if you look in the left-hand corner, it's our new sponsor, That's Badass Wood Art. Uh, it's our friend Luis. He makes incredible wood art over there in Newport, Minnesota. Custom pieces, Vikings pieces. You reach out to him uh, on his website, which I have with me right here. It's that'sbadasswoodart.com. Reach out to him. All one word. All one word. Um, and on one item, if you type in CT Pocket. Uh, you'll get twenty percent off, and that's only for one item, not your whole order, but for one item. But these pieces are great. I mean, Miles and I are already in conversations about trying to get some. I'm sure Ryan and Dave will as well. Um, so head on over to there, and, uh, and yeah, you're gonna you're gonna see some board. pieces from us up 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 on our walls here soon. So yeah, well, really my wife partner with with them. My wife already uh, looked at the website and she's like, "Hey, we can hang it right above here in the kitchen. It'll be perfect." I'm like, "All right, let's let's go." I'm sitting here and I'm like, "I'm gonna have to change my setup a little bit because I always kind of block behind me, but I could probably I could probably sneak it in right over there." Oh yes, you could over your shoulder. So I'm excited. And, I, it's, and it's Lewis be a great is a, partnership. A skull saw artist, and he has found yeah. many different stains. And, uh, oh, they're not called stains anymore. They're different. They're basically stains, colored stains, and he makes art with it. He cuts the wood pieces, 
stains it, frames it up, and they're absolutely beautiful. If you look at his uh, at his social media page, at all the stars, and I mean stars, from Hollywood to sports that have commented on his work, it's that good. Yeah, Well worth yeah, the investment. You guys have got to go over, and remember, 20% off any one item using CT Pocket as the promo code. Now, back to the Vikings here. Uh, we kind of had this just as a quick little check-in, see how these units are doing. So let's start with the offense. Give a grade. Tell us something you've been impressed with, and then uh, what could be improved. Uh, so let's start with with the offense. And Ryan, I'm going to hand it to you first because I know your favorite person is leading this team still. That's Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Who, by I don't the way, like leading. Aaron Rodgers in the MVP odds through six weeks. I mean, Rodgers has looked really bad. So, oh, he's just I mean, a, he's just ahead of Rodgers in the MVP yeah. voting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, I, I, mean don't I, don't, either, I, I, either, I don't think either of them should be in the MVP voting. But yeah, you're going to be hard pressed to find uh, them beating you know the likes of Josh Allen and uh, Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes at this point. So, right. um, no, no. Uh, so. Go back to the question here. We're talking just offensive. We're starting on the offense grade of a specific unit on the offense or the uh, offense as a whole. Whatever you want. Whatever you want. Yeah, you know, I, I'm going to actually I'm going to go into more <laughs> of a specific. And actually, Dave, I may need a, a little help on, uh, on from you on this, but it is the offensive line uh, because it is uh, it is a position group that traditionally has been really, really rough for us, right? And over this year, I think we've seen some highs and some lows. Um, you know, more specifically, our right guard, Ed Ingram, who, you know, we came into the season with a lot of hope, a lot of promise, second-round pick, uh, played really well in the preseason, um, still grading out very well um, in, in the run-blocking categories, um, struggling significantly in the pass-blocking categories. Um, and Dave, but over the he's below where we want him to be. Yes, yes. but he's a lot better than what we had. <laughs> well, and what we've market. had has been like, tr- like, like historically bad. Like Drew Samia, historically yeah, like bad. Sixty-two um, out of sixty-two. Yes, yes he is yes. mid-pack. So, yeah, we've improved. Yes, but so it's great to see that. You know, I think the. Fan base as a whole has actually been calm in this category, uh, this subject for at least a little while now. And uh, obviously, you have some, you know, we, you have some comments made about um, Ed Ingram, and you know, should he be replaced at this point? It's like absolutely not. No. Uh, he's a young guy who's continuing to learn, and he's going up against some really good players. Uh, but then, how about Garrett, Garrett Bradbury, who I at four one is was the the biggest hater of Garrett Bradbury. I was ready to get rid of him two years ago. I think a lot of fans were. Uh, yeah, yeah, let alone this year. And um, and he, he's had a, a bit of a turnaround season. Um, so I, kudos to coaching. I mean, it has to be coaching, right? Um, Ezra Cleveland's playing, continuing to play relatively well. Our outside you know, bookend tackles on Madden for me right now because I just picked it up yesterday. I was on sale right now. <laughs> uh, they're they're awful. They, Rashawn Gary got like five sacks on me this game, but in real life, um, he you know they are playing absolutely phenomenal. So uh, it's it's a very encouraging to see that we have a left tackle of the future. We have a right tackle, uh, you know, that has been the past and present and future. Um, and and you know, I think that interior has improved significantly to the point where. We're no longer concerned. Now we're worried about wide receiver three or wide receiver two. Uh, we're worried about um, is is Dalvin Cook cooked, right? Like we're talking about other topics outside of offensive line, which yep. for me it just is more exciting because uh, talking about offensive line sucks. It's not fun. No, hey, but if you want to talk good things about offensive line, are you aware, depending on what stats you're looking at, whether it be ESPN win rates or PFF, four out of the five are in the top ten in certain positions on those, you've got it. number two left tackle in the league, Christian Darisaw, across the board. The dude's heading to the Pro Bowl if he keeps this up. You have Garrett Bradbury, believe it or not, is ranked, in P- I think it's PFF, is ranked number 10 or no, it's even higher than that. I think it's 
nine, seven, eight, somewhere in there, center in the league. In run block win rate on ESPN, the rookie, Ed Ingram, is number 10. And then you get over on the right side, uh, Brian O'Neill is a top five right tackle, right? And, and top five when it comes to pass blocking win rates. And you say, well, that's four to five. What about Ezra? Well, Ezra's just below that line, just below. And he is better on both run and pass for the most part over this season than any of them. And he has done outstanding. That is why having this line the way it is right now, and they're young. And as I've preached many times, it takes three years for an offensive lineman to get really, really good. You got Darius on his second season. Ezra's on his third, right? But second one at left guard. You have Bradbury coming into his fourth season, and you have Ed Ingram as a rookie. There is nothing but up that these guys are going, and we know how good Brian O'Neill is. It is mm -hmm. so good not to have to worry about them play after play after play after play. Yeah. They may, may make a mistake. Ezra may get beat. Bradbury may get beat. Um, even Darisol may get beat, right? O'Neill's gotten beat. Ingram obviously has. He'll overset or something. But as a whole, what we are seeing now is the best we've seen in 10 years, literally. And you can't so, shake a stick at it. It's wonderful. Yeah, I think I think everybody here would agree that they've been they, we, we've been happy with the offensive line. Miles, as an overall offense, though, how do you feel like this unit has played through six weeks? Do you think that there's room to improve? Do you think that this is what we're going to see throughout the rest of the season? Well, I, so as as a as a whole unit, I think there are some really good things that have been, that have been done. Obviously, like we've talked about, the O line has improved. I think that's coaching. I think that's um, scheme. I think there's a few things that, that factor into that. Um, I don't think Garrett Bradbury just became a really good center out of nowhere. I think there's a few factors that are helping him. Mm -hmm. um, but offense as a whole, I think um, the one thing we're missing is the explosive plays. And when you run an entire offense basically through Justin Jefferson, um, and when your offense isn't – your offense doesn't – my issue with the offense is just like it was under, under Zimmer – it's the the reverse when Justin Jefferson isn't like making explosive plays and, and um, getting major opportunities. The offense is struggling as a whole, just like when Dalvin Cook in the past or Adrian Peterson in the past, when those guys were struggling, the offense was struggling as a whole. And so we have to find ways to keep the ends running efficiently and effectively and explosive, making explosive plays outside of just Justin Jefferson. And so, I'm not sure how, how they're going to do that. I think guys like Irv Smith, maybe we could find a little bit more opportunities for, for Irv because he's an explosive yeah. tight end. Um, you know, Maybe there's different ways to utilize a K.J. Osborne. Maybe Jalen Rager can get involved in, in a few more opportunities too. I think I just think hopefully as they go through the bye week, they reassess the offense because they're, they're one of the lower teams or like mid-tier teams in explosive plays this season. And so um, when you have a guy like Justin Jefferson – explosive plays are such a big part of the off should be a big part of the offense. And so um, we need other guys outside of Jefferson to like, whether it's those guys step up or give those guys more opportunities. Um, I just, you can't live off of trying to run an entire offense through one person. Uh, that's not the quarterback effectively, right? Like right, you, right. you need it to be other guys having explosive plays to help loosen the defense and take some attention off of, of Jefferson. And right now, if you're a defense, why would you shift anything other than toward Jefferson? Like, right. yeah. KJ Osborne's a good player. Adam Thielen's a good player. Those guys, both two things, they're not being, they're not, they're no longer, they're not like the explosive type players um, that, that run downfield that way. Like Adam, they're, they're chain, chain movers. movers. Exactly. There's nothing wrong there's with a, that. There's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with Adam Thielen and KJ Osborne being possession receivers. But, and also that's also to me on uh, O'Connell, dialing up a little bit more opportunities for those guys to get downfield because they have the ability to do it. It's not that they can't do it. Um, they have the ability to do it. So you just got to find, I, I think O'Connell's got to find some different ways to get those guys, those guys going um, because we know that they're good. Um, and then and, the and run think, game as a and whole. And I think you're yeah. right. Uh, sorry, real quick. I think you're right. Like around just your one comment on Jalen Rager, like 
He's only had what four opportunities, five opportunities that I can think of yeah. off the top of my head where he's gotten a look. Um, you know, uh, I think it was a reverse and then like a screen, a couple screens and whatnot. And he makes he makes plays. Like I'm not going to sit here and say yeah. like they're big, big, big explosive plays, but he's making plays when given the opportunity. I just remember that one huge jump cut he made to get that first down. Yeah. It's like get him it's involved a, a little bit more. I, I'm not sitting here saying he's the next wide receiver two for us, but. Just get him involved no. a little bit more and see if he can make a few more like big explosive plays. Do you think Dalvin's fifty-three yard run will start him getting more explosive? No. <laughs> He's he has shown I, he has shown glimpses of it though. Like the last two or three weeks, he's shown he's shown the Dalvin Cook of old, and I think we even right. talked about it a little bit last week. Um, his, well, so his, what the. Re- the big reason Dalvin was able to do that, and this is Dalvin's still a good a good player. He's not a great player anymore, I don't think. Dalvin's the type of running back that needs the opportunities. He's the type of guy that he, as you get into the fourth quarter with a lead, he's going to catch mm-hmm. some of those those teams in those in those run blitzes and, and those opportunities, and he's going to take advantage of it. He still has that ability, as we saw against Miami. The Vikings were winning that game with two scores by two scores, so they're going to run the football, but. For most of the season, the team has been in such close situations. Running the football to to like end the game has not been has not been something that has been done. And the offense is run through the the pass game right now. And so, Dalvin's in a completely different situation than what he's used to. And um, sorry, Matt, I didn't mean to cut you off, Matt. So I apologize you're, for that. You're but, good. You're good. But yeah, I think I think just Dalvin's the type of guy that needs the opportunities to to create those explosive op- explosive plays. He's he's not like the give him ten carries. And he might get you 80 yards. He's not he's not that type of guy. He needs the 15, 20, you know, 20 plus to like get himself going and get himself into routine. Just like a, a receiver. Uh, you know, some receivers they need, you know, opportunities early to get them moving and get them in a rhythm during, you know, throughout the game. I I just really love that, you know, we are in that uh group chat or whatever and Dalvin's having not the most successful game early on in Miami and everyone's just trashing him and I, I said, you know, Matt Matt had said it's the first drive or the second drive, like take it easy. And I said keep that same energy because they're sitting here saying he's cooked. They're saying stop basically running the ball through him at all. And then, you know, as soon as he hits that big explosive, big run, 50-yard run, whatever it was, um, you know, where were they then? What were they saying at that point in time? They weren't saying he was cooked then. <laughs> Here's the thing about Dalvin Cook. I think when you watch him – on the field this season, something seems different about him. And I think Luke alluded to it last week, you know, pretty eloquently that he's just learning a new offense, right? Like he's, he's got it. He's working through this new offense, much like the rest of the team is. But what I will say is when you go and look at the stats for Dalvin cook this season, it's arguably the most consistent he's played for us in any season that he's been here because if you go back and look in some seasons early on, it's been 150 yard games. Next game, 30 yards, you know, not doing much. And then it's, you know, 160 and then it's nothing or it's two straight games and nothing. He's been consistently knocking Barbara. on. We're pissing Barbara <laughs> off, though. That's for sure. Yeah, damn. Uh, he's been, he's been <laughs> consistently knocking on the door of those 100, 100 yard games um, outside of that Philly game. So. Well, he may not look like the Dalvin of old. He's he's efficient, and I think he's he's a main main part of the offensive success thus far. Now, you're right. We did piss off Barbara here um, when we said that Dalvin, or I guess Miles did, because Miles said that Dalvin's not a great player, just a good one. And I think it's hard to disagree with Miles's take right now. I mean, well, Dalvin. I'm not is even trying aging- to. I'm, I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to be negative toward Dalvin. Dalvin's a good player. That like, like that. That's facts. But Dalvin isn't the elite top ish running back that he was a couple of years ago. Like it's just, right, it's yeah. just true. But that's okay. It's also okay because that stuff. We don't need that him to be comes. that right now. Yeah, exactly. We, we don't need him to be that guy. And well, they're at not, the same time, like yeah, they're not scheming him like though. Zimmer and the Kubiak system would. Right, that's he was perfect. the focal point, and he got twenty. 30, yeah. 35 carries a game. Now he's being pulled off for third downs, 
right? Because third down's a primary passing down generally. So he's not getting the touches he did in previous years. Now, you talked about enough uh, plays called to him to get going, just like wide receivers get in the rhythm. With running backs, I always call that working up a lather, right? That they've got to, you know, physically get going. It, it sometimes takes time, but he is doing – Matt is right. He has been consistent. He's been running the 80-90 yeah. a game mark, whereas yep. in previous years we would see the 150 and then the 30 the next week. So it's I'm gonna, it's not that yeah. he's not good. It's just I, I want to – I hope to see more of those plant the foot and break it and go like we saw in that 53-yarder. But uh, it's not that he's being underutilized. I still think he's very, very good. I, I, yeah. I did think I did think someone was going to catch him on that that run, though. He looked he looked a he little looked, slow towards like the end there. Gas, for sure, yeah. <laughs> so, so two things I want to mention, both in the comments here. Number one, kind of a joke here, but like Barbara Jean, it just reminds me of that show Reba, and how that lady in that show is just spicy as hell. And this lady comes in, Barbara Jean here comes in, just ripping us apart, saying. The Vikings are great. Adam Thielen's great. Dalvin Cook's great. You know what? We got to love the fandom. You know, clap, clap it up for the fandom there, right? Um, yes, yes. And, and then another another comment that came through, which I'm not seeing it in our actual comments anymore, but I saw it pop up on the screen. It was from Bo, uh, who actually asked a question. And Matt, you're always the one asking questions, so I'm going to throw one your way. Um, okay. He had, he had asked, who is the best team that we beat this year? Because there's been a lot of teams – that you know, we got to go against their backup quarterback. We got to go up against uh, an injured team. Um, you know, uh, whether it's the Packers or the or the Lions, mm. who got a lot of injuries against us. Who's who, in your opinion, has been the best win we've had? I think this is a tough one because um, now I'm evaluating it off of you know, six weeks of play. Right? Like, I, at first, I thought the Packer game wasn't an impressive win because they we're supposed to be good, right? And I'm not saying they're they're going to be bad, but they certainly aren't where we expected them to be at this point. So I don't find that win as impressive anymore. Um, but it was still just a quick, just a quick thing too is that they are only a three point favorite against the Commanders this week. And like yeah, I know that's it's, not looking good for them in their outlook. If the, if the Packers suck, yeah. I I think if I had to pick, and this is going to be a little strange, but I I think I'm I'd probably go with New Orleans. Um, just given how good their defense is, um, and they still have a lot of, you know, weapons at their disposal. Um, but it's we did, tough though we because did, we did because avoid no, Kamara and Thomas in that game. I know, and that's the tough part because we've 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 avoided a lot of key players. So if we're gonna go how, by pure, how much pure better st- do you think Tua is than Teddy? I think he's a lot better. A lot better. Yeah, I think I think at this at this stage, there Tua is yeah. a lot better. And he, not even just because I think he's better. He's been playing. He was playing really well. Like Tua was playing yeah. really well to start to start the season. So like if he had been playing meh, you know, to start the start the year, you know, maybe I'd be thinking differently. But he was playing really well before the injuries. So um, I think if we had seen Tua, you might have seen a different game. But that's okay. Like again, don't we're not giving the wins back. We won. Like, right, right. <laughs> we're, five, we're five and one. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm. This is the first time we've been able to be like excited about this team in a few years. Like, it's yeah, great. And into the um, bye week. Yes, right. And heading into the. Of course, there are things that I'm worried about because as I'm a Vikings fan, like we're all Vikings <laughs> fans. So, like, of course, we're waiting for the shoe to drop and we're waiting for the shit to hit the fan. But like, I still want to. I'm still going to ride the wave because that's what I do. But, um, I think for me, the the most impressive win because Tua was out. For me, it was the Lions. Just because I, I know the Lions have struggled this year. I do think as a, as a whole team, they have a good roster. And so I think the, and the Vikings were able to come back and win that game because the Lions, A, yes. they, 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 gave it, they gave it back to us. But we also yeah. took it and, and won that game. And so I think as like a whole, that was probably to me the most impressive win. I think because I think their offense was playing really well at the time. They had Swift. They had, you know, they had. I'm on Russell Brown, who I know got hurt during the game, but you know TJ Hawkinson, like they had good players, and so um, I think as a whole, I think the team was able to overcome a few things in that game and and find a way to win when they probably shouldn't have, and so um, I think to me that was probably the most impressive win. And then yes, Green Bay, just because it's Green Bay, because we going into that game, 
would we have any would any of us been surprised if Green Bay had beat us and beat us, you know, I don't think anybody would have been surprised if Green Bay had beat us heading into that game. So um to win that game just as a whole and we hate Green Bay, you know, fuck Green Bay. Like to be able to win that game week one and then just see them struggle now, it's just it's cool. Yeah. Let's shift gears quick uh, and, and talk about the defense here and how they've done during the six weeks here. Uh, when we talk about some of our victories, right, it's it's the bend-don't-break mentality that the defense kind of has. Um, there's certainly been moments where they have allowed some, some pretty dumb plays, uh, big plays at, early in the season, which hasn't happened as of late, but – we, we think about the long touchdown in the Eagles game, the one that should have been caught by Watson in the Packer game. Um, but when it matters most, this defense, for the most part, has stood their ground and delivered, you know, decent performances. So what is your overall feel for the defense through six weeks? And then what can they even improve upon? Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Yeah, I think they really have an opportunity to continue to build on what they've been doing, which is learning this defense and very, very different defense. It's been very disappointing to see the pass rushing production. You think it'd be a little better than it was, uh, than what it has been, specifically out of Hunter, where we're used to seeing him just own uh, opposing offensive lines. Uh, Zedarius Smith has been a godsend. I mean, he provides that fire, that spark to this defense and, and that pass rush that we need. And um, hopefully that's going to turn into more production down the road as we continue to build out uh, and, and learn this defense. The secondary um, is obviously struggling a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Young secondary, so we're still getting into uh, the ingraining this new system into them. Um, but you're, you're seeing signs of life. You're seeing signs of them continuing to improve. We're also getting healthier. You know, We're bringing Andrew Booth back in to the fold here. Um, we're bringing some of these younger guys like Asamoah on the field a little bit more. Um, and, and you're going to see as we continue to develop and, and, and have these guys continue to grow, I think we're going to see more cohesion. I think we're going to see a little less of those, uh, like Luke was talking about last week, those, those massive uh, miscommunication errors that turn into big plays, right? You still saw them. You still saw them last week against Tyreek and against Jalen Waddle. But you're also seeing them, you know, mitigate that by making a play, making the tackle, causing the fumble that seals the game, right? Like we're, we're doing these things, and I think they're starting to gain a little bit more confidence. They're starting to blitz a little bit more. Um, and like I said, once you get Osimo on the field more, you're going to see more production, I think. so. You just had to give the little plug to, to Osimo. Hey, he's, he's killing it for me in, uh, in Madden. Well, we're, we need him to kill it in, in real life, Ryan. He'll get there. He'll get there. I, I like the approach they're taking with Osimo. I think I, I kind of feel like that's what Lewis, Lewis Seen was going to get the opportunity to do too. Obviously, the injuries and things, not just the, the, the bad injury that happened in London, but like leading up to it, he was injured. I think we would have seen some of that from Lewis Seen too. So, um, yep. yeah. Any, any takes from you on the, on the Vikings defense, Miles, as a, as a whole? Mm-hmm. Any spots that they yeah, can improve I mean, upon? I mean, well, I mean, everywhere. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't think the defense is like very good, but all again, I, I've said this. My expectations for the defense have not been high because they weren't good under Mike Zimmer the last couple of years, and they brought back seventy-five, eighty-five percent of the, that roster. So I can't sit here and and they have a new scheme now. I can't sit here and pretend like my expectations should overtly change because I think Zimmer's a better defensive coach than than um, Donatel, and that's nothing against Donatel, but. It's true. Like if Mike Zimmer is still one of the better defensive minds in football. And, um, and so like for me to pretend like I think the defense was supposed to be really good, that's just not true. So um, I, the defense is kind of doing what I expect. I think, yes, they've caught some lucky breaks, like, which, I mean, you'd rather be lucky than, you know, sometimes it's better to be lucky than good, but I'm hoping they can get things right enough 
to overcome some of those that that luck that they had in the first half, you know, the first six games, because you hope that they can play better to offset some of the need for some of those, those lucky plays. Um, but um, I think one a couple of things I want to see a little bit better is like just more overall pressures. You can't just rely on Zadarius Smith to you know to basically be your pre- the guy that gets all your pressures. We need a little bit more from yeah. the front, the front, you know, the inter- interior interior guys, and obviously Daniel Hunter. Um, I still I'm I'm hoping Daniel Hunter can can get back to Daniel. I know it's a different defense for him, so I think he's probably just out there thinking a little bit more than he's used to, um, and mm-hmm. having to do a little bit more than he's used to. So I'm, it's a big change for him. It's not a change for Zadarius Smith. So I think that's why the transition for him is a lot easier. Um, that first six games, but, um, and then the linebackers have been fine. I think, I mean, I don't think there's any like glaring issues. With the linebackers, they are what they are. Um, yeah. the DBs hit or miss. I'm hoping with Andrew Booth back and hopefully as he, you know, gets a little bit more healthy, maybe we see a little bit more of Andrew Booth. I'm hoping we see a little bit more of Andrew Booth and he can stay healthy and progress and, and grow and develop. Um, cause he's a guy that long, not even just this year, but long-term you want to see, become a, a good player opposite Cam Dantzler and, you know, playing with Cam Dantzler and those things. So I'm um, really excited about Cam Dantzler though. Now I mentioned him. He's a guy that's played well. He started the, he saw, started a little rocky to start the season, but I think there's a lot of, we know that there's skill there and I think he's, he's starting to put it together and, and hearing him say that he works with Patrick Peterson during the week to do like film review and stuff like that. I think that's just such a really smart move to go to a guy that's been around the block for so long and, and Pat Pete and just learn from him and, um, try to help slow the game down for you. And I think um, we've seen that out of his play and some of the things that he's been able to, to do. And Patrick Peterson, I think another guy, I think he's been, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and be like, Oh my God, Patrick Peterson's Patrick Peterson involved. He's not, but he's, he's been good. Like for $4 yeah. million, you can, you're getting exactly what I think you're getting a little bit more than what you even hoped for. I think he's playing pretty decent. Um, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like, I think that's sustainable throughout the whole season against some of the competition they have coming up. But I think um, in this defense, I think he's doing pretty well. And to see him, you know, have an interception and those things is good and help lead that defense. And so, yeah, as, as a whole, as a unit, I think the defense obviously can improve. Um, and hopefully, again, like I said, I hope the some of the lucky plays that they've had can can be replaced by like better technique and better skill as a, as the a season goes on. Yeah, I think the the thing that concerns me, and one thing on Patrick Peterson, currently through six games, uh, his passer rating against is 55.7. So he must be doing something right. But I think the thing for me, as as we come out of this bye week, that's going to be a real test for this defense is just the quarterbacks we're about to face. So we're coming off games where we played Jared Goff, Justin Fields, you know, Andy Dalton, Teddy and Tua. And now we're going to go face, you know, outside of the commanders game with Taylor Heineke. Uh, you're getting Kyler Murray. You're getting uh, Josh Allen. You're getting Dak Prescott. Um, I'm, after that, it's, you know, kind of back to the status quo. It's, you know, it's the Patriots and Jets and, and whatnot. But those there's three games for sure coming up where, this defense hasn't played against a quarterback like that in since the Eagles and Jalen Hurts. Uh, well, and, we saw and what happened there. Rod, Rogers too, Matt. Like we don't know. I, I would assume by January first, Rogers is you would assume playing better than he's been. And you, right. yeah, I was just looking short term, but yeah, I think so yeah, too. He, but he's got um, his mind on yeah. those psychedelics and that and that retirement. <laughs> he, he, he's done. Um, well, yeah, what he I will paid. say though, what I will say though is that uh, yeah, Kyler obviously. Um, it is shut a good quarterback, up, but, but that but that defense is not nearly what it's going to be when we need to play the Cowboys and the in the uh, in the Bills. So Cowboys and Bills, that's going to be litmus test to say, hey, are we are we competitors in the playoffs? Can we go and beat a really good defense with a good quarterback on the other side of the field? I'm going to interrupt for a second. I don't even need them to beat those teams. Right, but I just want it. Can can we stay close enough in those games? Because I just don't want to see what happened in Philly, which right. is the game was gone before we even had a chance. I think that the two the two biggest games there are obviously you know the Bills and the Cowboys for me, just because I don't think the Cowboys are like a great team, but that defense is legit. Like that defense is 
is, is arguably the best defense in the league right now. And so um, I'm really curious to see how Connell and the, and the, and the team can play against that, that, you know, that defense with, you know, mm-hmm. Kirk and JJ and, and how that happens. And then obviously the bills just as an all around team, that's just one of those teams like the, like the Eagles, there aren't many teams as like complete, um, you know, the Eagles and the bills are probably maybe the chiefs, you know, probably the top teams in the league that are like as complete as those teams. So um, how yeah. do you like, like to your guys' point, how do you fare against those? Like the Vikings are a really good team right now. How do you fare against the elite teams? Because we know that those teams are elite. I mean, we're, we're looking at a bill team that's likely has a very, very good opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. Like if yeah, oh, for sure. health, health and stuff stays current, they have a chance to go to the Super Bowl. I agree, Eagles Barbara. Have a chance, have a chance to go to the Super Bowl. So we already showed that like the Eagles kind of bit our heads off a bit, but I think that like, we also just didn't show up that game. So if we, I, I think we're better than what that Eagles game was. And oh, I think for we'll sure. put up a bigger fight against them later if we were to play them again. Um, but the, for the Bills, like if we do somehow make it to the Super Bowl, can we not get embarrassed and go 0-5, right? Like in the Bills game will allow us to say – Oh, know, dude, it's way too early for me to even think about I, that. I'm not, I'm not saying that we even have a chance to go to the Super Bowl. I'm just saying <laughs> if we happen to get there – like that Bills game is going to determine if like you get destroyed by the Chiefs or the Bills because in my mind those are the two top teams. Yes, we're going to see the Vikings, the 0 and 4 Vikings fight the 0 and 4 Bills in the championship. Sure. Playoffs <laughs> playoffs are uh, a crazy thing. You never know when it gets you to January know. and February what's going to go on. Um let's touch on special teams quick and then uh we'll do a, like a four game snapshot to round it out here. So how do you guys think? How do, how are you feeling about the special teams this season? I know it's 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 kind of been up and down in Zimmer's tenure, uh, mainly with field goal kicking, but also just coverage wise. Um, but they have a new special teams coordinator. Um, I think Future some really, mm-hmm. yeah, for I sure. Agree with you, Miles. I, I think some some really special players on the special teams. When you think about Chris Boyd, he may not be a solid cornerback but I think that he's a very good special teams player and a gunner. Um, I mean, he made a huge play in that Miami game, um, forcing that that muffed punt, essentially. Uh, even Brian Asamoa on special teams has been, I mean, he just flies down the field on kickoffs and punt returns um, and, and is really making himself feel uh, or impact the game. On the flip side of that, you have Ryan Wright, who is this Mr. chunk to you chunky former quarterback who just boots the shit out of the ball. He just makes me smile, man. Like I can't even take him so seriously, but he's good. Like he's really good. I, I literally watched Except for that shank he had, that 20-yard shank he had a couple weeks yeah. ago, but hey, he's a I'll take he can make one mistake. He he I mean th- you don't notice it in the game as much, but when you are backed up in your own, you know, end zone and your punter rips off a 75 yard punt to really flip the field like that's a lit that's it doesn't seem big but it's huge for the team right it's it's a whole mindset change it's now we're not we don't have to like just protect our part of the field we have you know some some yards to work with here well it's it's plays like that matt where i think people forget how important special teams is right. Like I, I think sometimes we overlook special teams because it's, it's obviously like a phase of, of, of football, but it's not the it's not glamorous. Important phases. It's not glamorous. Right. So besides like a cool kick return for t- kick and punt return, like the kickoff and a punt punt teams aren't glamorous because you know, you're just like, you're giving the ball to another, the other team. But like you said, when you can flip the field like that, that impacts winning. That's not that like, yep. that's the part people forget. That impacts winning football games. And for the last couple of years, under not I'm not gonna say under Zim, but more so under like the old, you know, special teams coordinators that they had, they just didn't have this type of ability. Not just Ryan Wright himself, but like the special teams units as a whole just didn't have the like abilities that they have now under, you know, Matt Matt Daniels. And and so I think um Ryan Wright's obviously the bright spot, but like to your point, Matt, the other units are 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 doing really well. And you could tell that the the true attention to the entire unit 
but also including guys from like whether they're starters or like like deep backup players as part of those special teams units to keep them involved in the game because the mm-hmm. one thing you want to make sure you do is get your best players on the field and yes you're not going to put Justin Jefferson on punt or kickoff or any of those things but like guys that are like uh maybe a KJ Osborne maybe you know a Jalen Rager maybe you know some of these like uh, Patrick even a Peterson. Chris Boyd like Patrick Peterson like Harrison Smith like CJ Ham like those guys are good football players so when you put them on special team units as well they're going to do well and that yeah. just helps the unit as a, as a whole when, and Brian Osimo obviously like you, you could tell like he's a guy that just really wants it Brian I know I know Ryan's like over here with it a hard on but like <laughs> but like but like guys like that are super important because you need to want it like yes we have higher hopes for him in, in terms of like being a linebacker but like guys like him that want to be be really good at special teams that's so important to the in, uh, entire piece of that puzzle and, well, and, and again and having them be effective on that special teams unit and then when they're called into action whether it is Osmo, whether it's a Caleb Evans you know couple weeks back when Dantzler got hurt right like they're they're warmed up they're ready to go right so um it's in and I wanted to bring up one point quick on the special teams and then you know you guys can take it wherever you want but um just like the offensive line right this is a unit where I, I outside of praising them this isn't a unit that we're complaining about anymore and it's a yeah. breath of fresh air. Like nobody wants to complain about special teams because it's a unit that's boring to talk about. But when you're, they're playing <laughs> yeah. well, you don't have to do that. And if anything, you're praising them. And Matt Daniels, I mean, that's the culture. That's the culture. And 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 you guys said it earlier. You're likely looking at a future head coach, and mm-hmm. that's exciting to see. Yeah. Well, another thing about the special teams is we lead the league in field position because of it. Both where we start and where our opponents start. And it's all because of the special teams and where they put it, whether it's kick team, punt team, uh, coverage teams on both sides. The only team that's shy a little bit and had some problems is punt coverage. But for the most part, we have put the opponent further back than anybody else in the league. And we have started closer than anybody else in the league. And that is because of special teams. And by the way, Mr. Wright won NFC special teams player of the As week this week. Well deserved for him. As he should. As 10 he punts, should. that beautiful 73 yard, I think it was 73 yard bomb, and seven of those 10 inside the 20, right? So, and still had a 40 plus yard average. That That's. Yep. He's doing fantastic. Yes, yeah. Barbara Jean. We are excited that you found us. Thank you for tuning in. And hopefully you <laughs> keep joining us each and every week. Yes. Um, and we are here on Facebook as well as YouTube. And I see you watching yeah. on Facebook, Barbara. Well, you guys kind of did the plug there. If you're listening right now or uh, on the podcast the next day, you can head on over to our YouTube channel and click the like and subscribe button to see us go live every single week at 8 p.m. Um, or you can find us on any of your podcasts that you like under Daily Norseman. Um, that's all I have. I mean, there's, there, I, I think there's there's a lot to be excited about for this this football team. Um, five and one, three and zero oh in the division, two game lead in the division, um, and I think the last I checked was the twelfth easiest schedule the the rest of the way. I think the 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 first four games coming out of the bye week are going to be a big test and, and a big a big point to to see who this team really is as we get closer and closer to the playoffs. But I'm confident this team will be in the playoffs, um, barring some crazy injury. And I, 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 yeah, to Ryan's point, it's it's nice to talk about new issues with this team because the old ones seem to. I don't want to say have gone away, but have lessened uh, this season. So um, any other thoughts from you two for, for a bye week check-in? Otherwise, we'll pick this thing right right back up next week. All right. Well, we had the sponsor, That Badass Wood Art, at the beginning of the show, and it's uh, <laughs> uh, it, it'd be I'd be remiss if I didn't mention our other sponsor, Lake Monster Brewing in St. Paul, 
Minnesota. I'm drinking tonight uh, a depth charge. I got a lot of beer, awesome. Ryan. And so when I come down there next week, I'll, I'll drop some off. But uh, make sure you head on over to Lake Monster, pick up some beer. And if you're in the Twin Cities, they got Halloween festivities. They have a Monster Bash coming up. It'll be a very, very fun time. So oh, 29th. Get your tickets, $9, music. It starts at noon, music, live music from 1 to 11 p.m. at night. Great beer. They have some specials coming up in their Cascade that not even I found out about. I just know that Matt's brewing them, and they should be fantastic. They're also doing a fundraiser for a local school this weekend. So by all means, go down with some great food, great people, great, great times. Can't beat it with a steak. Best beer in Minnesota. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, now we need the wolves to pick it up. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> uh, Dave, hit us with what's coming, and then you can close it. Well, what we got coming this weekend is me and Darren on Saturday, the two old bloggers. We are going to go over, look at what the Vikings have done, what our expectations were, how they met them or not met them so far in this first six games and what we might look forward to as we hit that 11 game marathon down the stretch. The time now is to thrive instead of just survive. And hopefully the Vikings do that. That'll be a four o'clock on Saturday for central. Come join us as we have fun looking at this year's Vikings as of six weeks. Let's go, go bear. Skull Vikes. Go Vikes. <laughs> Miles. Okay, Rudy. Okay, Rudy. <laughs> He's good. All right, bye, guys. Bye. Skull Vikings. <laughs> like, subscribe, and ring the bell, and feel free to rate us on your favorite aggregator. A big shout-out goes to our partners, The Daily Norseman, where the best Vikings content can be found. To That's Badass Wood Art, when you're looking for something unique to brighten your space. And to Lake Monster Brewing, home of the best beer in Minnesota. Skull, everybody!